0: Hi, this is Skip Stewart, and this is number four podcast in our Connecting the Dots podcast. Uh, Once again, this is Skip Stewart, Vice President and Chief Improvement Officer with Baptist Memorial Healthcare.
1: Hey, I'm H.F. Mason. I'm a practicing general surgeon and Chief Medical Officer here at Baptist Memorial Union County in New Albany, Mississippi.
2: And hi, I'm Jake Lancaster. I'm an internal medicine physician and Chief Medical Information Officer for the Baptist System. Glad to be here.
0: Well, guys, uh, today is uh, more of what our normal podcast is, is just to have a conversation around performance improvement, the Baptist management system. We don't have any guests on today like we have in the past and we plan on having in the future. So um, what subject might you want to talk about today?
2: Well, Skip, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on standardization in healthcare. Ooh, that's a good one.
0: Well, you know, it's become one of my most, favorite subjects Um, and Dr. Dupreece told me seven years ago that there was much opportunity in healthcare for that subject and I didn't believe him and like many things I discovered I was wrong. You know here's something to think about as we start this conversation you know business pioneers, engineers, scientists throughout all kinds of industries have said in their own kind of way Without standards, there is no progress and there can be no improvement. Uh, the fa- famous architect of the Toyota production system to each said, said the same thing. He said, without standards, you cannot improve. There's no hope to improve. Now, if you think about that statement for a second, it was either true or it was hyperbole. You know, he was just getting a little excited with himself, you know and so i've come to the understanding that it is true and so um and if you think about standardization i think a lot of people have a lot of baggage around it and i understand that i understand why there might be they think that it constricts them or i've heard people say we don't want to have cookbook medicine or we don't want to have robots but there's something counterintuitive with standardization actually i would make the argument that standardization shows true respect that it actually allows your creativity to flourish so on that note of standardization what dr de and i did was collaborate on a paper called six starter questions and the objective of the questions is just to start a dialogue it's not to tell you how to do things but it's to tell you the what, not the how. So uh, let me just give you a couple examples without going through all six of them. One of the first questions is, is is there a clear standard for the outcome? So many times in healthcare, when when we start to look at a process and we start to observe it, and we ask, is there a very clear standard for the outcome? That the people doing the work know exactly what good versus not good is. Many times we'll discover that there isn't a standard, and so let me just kind of hit the pause there. If there is no standard for the outcome, then what is the message that we tell people by that?
1: I mean, if there is no standard, how do you even know if you've if you've succeeded? I mean, how do you know how do you know if you if you've won or, right. or or had a success, I should say.
0: That's right. So what happens is, by default, the people say, "Hey, whatever I'm doing must be okay," hmm. right? Because yeah. and by default, their process must be okay. So if there is no standard for the outcome, this is exactly. And you can pick what, and we can pick a subject if y'all want, but. Um, you know, if there is no very clear standard for what the outcome should be, then whatever we're doing must be good enough.
2: You know, one of the questions I have before we get too deep into this is just the why behind standardization. What, what are you hoping to accomplish with standardization? I mean, it's not just standardization for standardization's sake. Right. You have to have something in mind. And I guess that first question is really getting to the why is, you're trying to achieve outcomes uh, more regularly? Is that
0: the hope? Well, I think that's the beauty. I think the customer and the patient gets to define that, right? And, uh, and there may be some outcome standards that we think are unrealistic, but if the customer and if the patient in our situation says, well, no, that's what I want, um, then that is the standard. So, for example, um, if you think about a disruptor in the industry that you could make the argument that Uber and drive and people like that have completely disrupted the industry. Right so now, as a customer, I want to have. At the drop of a hat, I want to be able to have someone pick me up in a nice clean car that doesn't smell. And uh, I want to pay very little money for it. And, um, yeah, that's, you know, those are some of the standards. Well, they, sh- they shifted what the market, the market, it used to be that you'd have to get an expensive taxi, and it kind of stunk or smelled sometimes, and you paid a lot of money, and then you got hassled for giving a tip, right? <laughs> well, they shifted it, and they said, no, the customer finally said, no, that's not what I want anymore. That's not what I want. There, there may have been a time in our life when we were willing to go to a restaurant and wait for an hour for someone to serve us. Well, today, if we're not getting our Chick Fil A sandwiches within three point five minutes, we get upset, right? Yeah, yeah. So, the customer, whether that be an external customer or whether that be an internal customer or the patient, many times influences what is that outcome standard, or or you might determine it you may say for us to be able to perform and be competitive whatever competitive means we're going to have to do this work in this most efficient high quality time sensitive manner whatever the parameters are around that outcome but to answer your question it's not standards for the sake of standards it's standards so that we're fulfilling we're achieving our outcomes, whether that be high quality, whether that be uh, safety, efficiency, um, you know, whatever it might be, right? So we have to think about. Uh, I, I was talking to some folks the other day that wanted to make sure that a uh, product never, uh, an expired product would never in the OR get to the. Uh, to the OR room to the patient. And Dr. Mason, you can probably relate to that on right. that's something that you and I'm sure the patient wouldn't want it either. <laughs> and nobody would ever want that. And so when I started having a conversation around just not the OR room, just that inventory where inventory was managed. When inventory came in and went out, the question I asked was. So what's the outcome standard for this room, for this for this inventory? And so there wasn't, you know, there's kind of a silence and I said, "Well, let me let me add the first one. Do we want to make sure that an expired item never leaves this room on its way to the patient?" Well, yeah, that, we for sure want that. Great. So we wrote that down. What else do we want? Someone said, "Well, we want inventory to be managed so that it first in, first out." Oh, okay. Great. You know, uh, and so we went through a a list of things on, you know, what do we, how do we want this room to operate? You know, what's the outcome? And then we said, well, question 2 of our 6 starter questions, we said, what standard method are we going to create to produce that outcome? Now They didn't have an answer at that given time, but that's that line of thought. 1st question is what standard outcomes do we have? And are, do you have them? And if you don't have them, there's some, uh, some other questions. That's why we use the word starter. But if you do have it, what standard method are you gonna create to produce that outcome? Because just trying hard won't cut it. Sure. That, does that kind of make sense, what we're talking about?
1: Yeah, I, I, it, um, it makes a lot of sense. And, and you're talking about a standard method and that's that that's where i would have a lot of questions for instance i just i just finished my fourth gallbladder removal today and i have a standard way that i remove my gallbladders now the outcome that i want to achieve is you know i want to be able to remove that patient's gallbladder in a safe and i guess efficient and cost effective way now i i have my way of doing it and so i i think i do have a standard of the way i've removed my gallbladders but my question is what about another surgeon who he has the same objectives he wants to remove that gallbladder safely and efficiently and cost effectively but his standard and method of doing it may be different than mine sure and, and that's that's a big question I have is when 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 you have two different methods of doing something that that seem like they're achieving the same outcome sure how do you yeah. how do you kind of reconcile that and how how do you keep one guy saying well my, my method's better, no, my method's better
0: yeah, I think that's a great question, so you know as I attempt to think through it, you know we're having a conversation, so hopefully no one listening will assume that uh, that i have the all the answers because i don't Uh, but you know i think the first way i would start that conversation is is there any consequences for you and dr bc and d all doing it different and if the answer is no if the answer is no we we all all four of us use an analogy all produce the same high quality outcomes okay now but but i'm also going to by next my next question is going to be but, but, you know, Dr. Mason, you don't perform in that operating room all by yourself, do you? Are there other people around you that contribute to you producing high quality uh, or could hinder you from producing high quality? Sure. And, and so so that that's an example of, I think before I even got into the, trying to talk about you know, call it me being chicken or whatever, but I think before I even tried to get into talking to the doctor about a standard for him or her, I would say, what about the standard going on around you? So for example, we've done some work in the past around counting in the OR and I had, I had no idea. This was years ago at how many opportunities there are for mistakes, you know, in that process. Of counting in the, OR, you know, of how sponges and different things can be left inside the patient. Am I, am I saying that right? Yep. Mason? Yep. And so you think about the turnovers of uh, scrub technicians of nurses of different. Players in the game, right? And do we want them all to have. A standard outcome of how they perform for you and a standard method uh, to get that outcome or can anybody just walk in there and use your own counting methodology and hopefully it all work out right sure, sure, sure. and so and then what makes that even worse is if you have turnover which happens in not the real world right then that um, can add another dynamic to it because I had one gentleman, wasn't or, said, Skip, my team have been together for a long time, and we have an innate standard, is what he told me, and I said, okay, and I said, so in other words, you develop tribal knowledge, <laughs> and and as long as um, as long as uh, the tribe doesn't change, you're thinking you're okay, and and so he said, well, I never thought about it that way. But so I, is that my answer in that question, Dr. Mason?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I think so. Yeah,
0: uh, you know, I'm not, to, to Dr. Lancaster's point, it's not standardization just for standardization. It's, you know, the, if there's, if four doctors are all doing a procedure and they're all getting high quality outcomes, then, then maybe we need to focus somewhere else. But it may be the work going on around the doctor. It may be how the room is stocked or laid out, or it may be, you know, all kinds of other things besides that.
2: I think some of the, you know, difficulty is when we're talking about the outcomes that are important to which groups of people. So the outcomes for the surgeon and the outcomes for the patient and the outcomes for the hospital are all really going to be different. There will be a lot of overlap, but there are certain things that, you know the surgeon may not care about you know if if the surgeon doesn't have anything in their contract related to the cost in the or they may want to use the most expensive equipment and and you know take as long as possible to make sure they get the the right method i don't know i'm not a surgeon but you know the patient uh, obviously cares about uh having relief of their pain and they care about not dying not being harmed yeah. which the hospital and the surgeon also care about but the patient uh, may not appreciate you know being in PO before the procedure, or may not appreciate the you know the environment that they go to after the procedure that the surgeon might not have as much um, interest in. And then you know from the from the hospital side of things, you know they, they care a lot more about the financials, and uh, they care a lot more about uh, you know throughput and, and um, harm and things of that nature. So it's it's getting them all aligned around those outcomes before you can even start to talk about the methods to achieve those desired outcomes, I think is sometimes a challenging part.
0: Well, but but I like how you said that. So if you remember a couple podcasts back, we had uh, Pascal Dennis talking about strategic deployment and alignment. And once an entity determines what it wants to focus on in a given period of time, and if those things are aligned and deployed correctly, Then it's going to work its way down to the specific standardization that you need to focus on. So, let me, let me try an analogy and y'all throw darts at it if it doesn't work. So, let's say an entity is determined at the highest level strategically. That it has some quality gaps that it needs to close. And 1 of those quality gaps is that there are too many central urinary tract infections. Too many and uh, it's determined uh, that there are 3 departments. That are contributing uh, to those 3 main departments that if they can improve them by so much, they'll shut that gap at the highest level. Of uh, central urinary tract infections, which is part of their quality gap. and 1 of those, let's say is is the ICU. Now I'm getting to 1 department. And in that one department, as we observed the work, we discovered that good people with good uh, intentions—that everyone was putting in that Foley catheter, just a little different, just a little variation—and the hypothesis was that if we could get people to do that in a similar manner, that we would have a certain outcome. And and you know, you were talking, you and I were talking before we jumped on. Dr. Lancaster that the outcome would be what? What would be the outcome of us all putting in that, uh, that Foley catheter in a similar manner?
2: Well, you know, we were saying that a lot of the outcomes that we focus on with Foley's is not getting a, a CAUTI, but, you know, that's not really the primary purpose that you put in the Foley catheter. That's not what you're thinking when you're going to put in the catheter. Maybe you're hoping to relieve an obstruction. Uh, or m- make it easier for that patient to go to the bathroom, uh, but you're, you're not doing it with the specific goal of not getting caughty. you hope that doesn't occur, but it's not your, from the clinician's perspective in the beginning, it's not the primary outcome.
0: Right, right, but, but you see how I'm connecting those dots though, right? That we started at the highest level and we discovered that one of the contributors in one of the departments was that we observed with our eyes that there's all this variation from really good people that uh, they, they're they doing it the way they were taught 10, 20, you know, 30 years ago. and um, And they all have their own way of doing it. And our hypothesis is if we could develop a standard method of all doing it in a similar way, Remember, that standard method is nothing more than an experiment, but let's say we're right, that if we could develop a standard method, then we believe it would produce this standard outcome, and then ultimately, it would contribute to the reduction or the eliminations of cotton. But what's ultimately dictated or determined the things that we need to focus on were those highest level strategic initiatives. Sure, Sure, sure. You know,
1: I guess, I guess, you know, thinking from, you know, if we think from the Baptist management system standpoint or the Baptist standpoint, you know, everything that we do, of course, we have the patient at the top, but we want to provide the right care for our patients at the right place for our patients at the right cost for our patients and at the right time. And, And, you know, thinking something like, Jake, in your world, treating congestive heart failure. You know, I'm sure that that when you're looking at, um, you know, let's say you're looking at afterload reduction or whatnot, there there are several different drugs that you can use that may give you the same outcome, but one of those drugs may be five times as expensive as another one that works equally well. But but let's say you have a, let's say you have a, a group of physicians who really like using this new and expensive drug, but I guess if you're looking at it from you, you are providing the the appropriate care for that person, but it might not be at the right cost for that person. Does it that make sense? Because I mean, I guess sometimes you have to look at the context of, of what you're what you're trying to achieve. You know, we could we could get give, give everybody the most expensive drugs that that we have, and, and, and we might get the the best clinical outcomes, but yeah. on the other hand, it it would be costing the patient and costing the system a whole lot of money. Does that does that sort of does that yeah make that
2: makes sense, sense to me? You know, as a, far as aligning under outcomes, there is really one, and this is one that we focus on a lot in healthcare, and one I guess we probably have a lot more data for that matters to all patients, providers, and hospitals, and and it aligns with, you know, the Hippocratic Oath of first do no harm. So trying to prevent a caudy, trying to prevent a clabsy or, or a FALL or something like that, you know, that that's kind of core to what we were trained to do. And so I think we can all kind of rally around that outcome and then develop, at least for that one, methods to achieve it. Sure.
0: And I think the thing that's important to remember is, remember, I would make the argument for another podcast in the future, that our brains are naturally, we jump to conclusions. We naturally do it. We don't even have to work at it. Now there's a part of it where it, it it's a safety mechanism and there's a good part of it, but there's a part of it that's not so good either. And so that's why we try to promote, you know, scientific thinking within the Baptist Management System. But once we've determined the standard method, I'm sorry, let me back up. Once we've determined the standard outcome and we say, yep, yeah, that's what we want, we want that every time, whatever that is. Then the standard method at first probably won't work. You say, well, why do you say that? Because it's just an experiment. We don't. It has to prove itself. And you say, well, what's your point? Well, many times when we have an implementation mindset, someone that's really smart with lots of degrees or whatever might say, if we do this, this, and this, this will work. I don't know if it'll work or not. Uh, It's a it's a standard. We have to create the standard method. We have to road test it. We have to road test the standard with the real people that do the real work and get them to look at us and say. Okay, did it consistently produce the outcome that we thought we were going to get. Each and every time, and many times that really hard work doesn't occur, you know, and so without I don't. Don't really have time to go through all 6 starter questions, but. Just 1 more, just because I want to, you know, and then once again, if you can't answer yes to the question, there's questions underneath it to get you to think um, And these questions aren't um, magic. They're just to get you to think about standardization and help you move forward. But 1 of the questions on question 3 says, are the conditions required for success present? Many times we might have a standard method, you know, while we're experimenting that will produce the standard outcome. But in the real world, sometimes the conditions are not um, set up to allow people to be successful, if that makes sense, right?
1: We might be setting them up for failure.
0: Oh, very much so. Yeah. Um, I know in my past life of manufacturing, you saw that all the time you're putting a good person into a system and as dr edwards w deming used to say a good person will be destroyed by a bad system every day right and and you see that in healthcare too that sometimes we'll just say try harder well the reality is if the conditions aren't there you could actually be setting someone up that they don't have the opportunity to succeed right mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, once again, the six starter questions are not meant to be magic, but it's meant to get you to think a little more deeply about the actual work in your area where value is created by the real people. And so, for example, you know, going back, we've used the surgery example a couple of times. If I'm creating a standard outcome for how the OR room needs to be set up, I would be foolish not to use the physicians in that. Right. Mm -hmm. But I would also be foolish not to use the other people, you know, and, and so there needs to be a collaborative understanding of what is, how, what's the outcome of how we want this room set up. What's the method to produce that outcome. Now we don't have time today, but there's other, there's other pieces of that too. Like you might get into the point of saying, well, how fast do we have to, uh have that room cleaned and turned so that Dr. Mason can have the next room so that all of our standards are still met right
1: hopefully very very quickly
0: very quickly but 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 very quickly doesn't happen just by trying right
1: no 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 you know?
0: and so if you've ever watched nascar I, I i don't know much about it but it's not a mistake that those men and women can drive up you know and have all their tires changed their windows cleaned gassed up and Basically, get a back rub, you know, <laughs> in six point seven seconds.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: that's all been coordinated, you know. And so, so anyway, those are some. What other questions might uh, we have around this? Because it's a, yeah. You know, I, I really go back to that original statement that I said. That, I mean, there are not just Tichyono to from Toyota. There are many, many brilliant people through the decades that, that have said in their own way that uh, that without standards, there is no progress and no hope of improvement. I just hit the pause there. Either that's a true statement, or that's complete hyperbole. I,
2: I guess to me, the question is, and I'm looking at question three, are the conditions required for success present? Yeah. A lot of my job, a lot of what I'm tasked To do on a day-to-day basis is try to change the conditions mostly through changes in the electronic health record new order sets new pathways new other things that um, maybe change the way they order care but a lot of the times we do that without having that agreed upon outcome or agreed upon method within those groups and so they I get the impression that they hope that just by changing the conditions or maybe optimizing the conditions that we're gonna get the desired outcome. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, what's amazing is I think you you kind of answered your own question you know i I, I think that uh, I think that sometimes people have what I call the field of dreams approach. If you remember that cute little movie. Uh, the movie the the theme of the movie or the uh, the catch line was if we build the field they will come. Mm-hmm. My argument is no they won't. they're never coming. And in other words, that's a cute movie, but the reality is you know high level performance happens as a result of really good execution and um, and so we have to have an agreed upon, outcome of what do we say that we actually want so that we know that once we get there we've either arrived or we haven't or we know on a daily basis whether we're doing good or not doing good and then we have to experiment with standard methods to consistently produce that outcome um i don't believe it's a mistake that excellence occurs um you know there all three of us are big um SEC football fans. I'm gonna get myself in a little trouble right now, but you know, it's not a mistake that certain teams perform year in and year out. Uh that's just not a mistake. Uh they've developed standards and they're executing on those standards and some and they're expecting to get certain outcomes. So Hopefully, I didn't step on any, on the toes with that. No. I didn't name any teams, though.
2: So. <laughs> hey, hey, the SEC team you're talking about? Not all of them are the same caliber <laughs> it Pierce. <appears. laughs> yeah, hey, Chip,
1: I uh, I really enjoyed looking at this uh, this document that you you have about the six starter questions. And for our listeners, where where might they be able to 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 get a copy of these? Because I I, I would highly recommend this to. to uh, Uh, not only our our Baptist team members, but to to anyone out there who's looking for uh, ways to uh, improve in their organization.
0: So for our Baptist employees listening to this, they can simply just uh, contact Skip Stewart, contact me, and I'll send them the PDF of the document. I think it's a a whopping four or five pages, if that, big font. (laughs) So it shouldn't take you but a few minutes to read it. But once again, the, the objective of the document that Dr. DePriest and I collaborated on was not to be uh, uh, manna from heaven falling. It wasn't meant to be magic. It was just meant to, to get you to think about your own process and not the what you should do, but maybe the how. How do we need to think about this? you know uh, in a, in a different type of way. So you can contact me for those that are within Baptist and I will send that over to you right away. We can also, if
2: you had a link to it, we could put it in the show notes for people that are listening to the podcast.
0: Um, I think we can make that happen. I'll, I'll get something. I think, I think it's on one of our shared drives. So I think we can get that to you that way. That's a great idea. Dr. Lancaster. Well, thank y'all so much for this conversation. Y'all were tough on me, but I appreciate it. And, uh, And I think our next um, podcast, we will talk about uh, TWI, which is training within industry, specifically job instructions. And I say that because there's a strong link between this subject and that subject. So I look forward to the next conversation.
2: Okay. All right. Thank you.